So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. I was just going to tell you, I love it. I love it too. And I love the fact that you are here with me. Welcome back to Direct AF, the podcast that is going to teach you how to be direct as fuck during your <laughs> your sales <laughs> process. And I have somebody so fun on there who I just, I mean, I swear to God, you guys, we've been chatting for the last, I would say 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, Monica Klein, identity brand by Monica Klein. I am so happy you're here. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm excited to be here. And you're right. We should have hit record earlier, but you know what? Some of that's private information. We don't want to share that. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so good. It was just so good. (laughs) It was good. You guys, you're going to want to tune in because Monica is the absolute queen of how many streams, how many revenue streams somebody can create. And she can teach us how to create more revenue streams for ourselves. And, you know, whether there's like a crazy pandemic going on, you know, whether times are good or bad, the truth of it is, is that we all need to create multiple streams of revenue. So let's talk about that, Monica. Let's unpack that a little bit. So, you know, I go back to, I feel like we all started off someplace, probably corporate. um, And I remember thinking, is this all I'm going to make for the rest of my life and hit that, you know, the glass ceiling, especially as a female in corporate And I wanted so much more for my life. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I get a part-time job to create multiple um, streams of income? And, you know, I was young. I was in my 20s. I was a single mom. I would do whatever it took to grow my financial um, ability to provide for myself and my son. And it wasn't until years later that I discovered this multiple, multiple streams of revenue. And then I discovered... Gary V. And I think he is like the one who really brought the omni-channel branding marketing like back to the forefront. And I said, I was done working. I was done taking one paycheck a month for the rest of my life. I was done making somebody else a hell of a lot of money. And I said, I need to do this for myself. So I launched my business, a branding agency offering just some touch points. It was Do you want to produce a podcast? Do you want to launch an online course? Do you need publicity? And then I really sat back and I pulled together what omni-channel really is. And I put together every service. And then I had to go do a deep dive into each service, take courses, go back to school and figure out how this all comes together. So today, here I am owning my business eight years. I have a full service omni-channel branding agency. And what that is, is we start with something as, you know, of course, lead generation is number one. If you are not collecting leads every damn day, 
you're not a business owner. You have a hobby. Leads is your lifeline. It is what's going to keep you thriving and create revenue, no matter if it's something low ticket all the way to your highest ticket. So omni-channel are touch points that generate multiple revenue streams inside of your business. We start with something as easy as obviously your lead magnet to attract your leads. And then we move down to your up the value ladder to a tripwire. Um, People will usually call this your low hanging fruit. So something, I'll give you an example. I had a client pre-pandemic. She, she wanted to quit her corporate job to stay home with her two little children. And we simply launched an ebook. It was a $7 ebook. Of course, we ran some ads. We had a strategy. And after running ads for about 40 days, and this, you know, everybody is different depending on what your specialty is. Um, but in about 45 days, we finally had enough leads coming in that she monetized a $7 tripwire and she made $13,000 that month on a $7 product. So That's when amazing. done right, right? It's like, who can't use an extra 13 grand by a downloadable <laughs> ebook? And, you know, there's some gurus out there that say, oh, don't even fall into that. And I say bullshit, launch it, launch a video, do a meditation series, do, um, you know, I, my tripwire is a 30 minute mindset coaching that is pre-recorded. So it's passive as in passive income. I go to sleep and I sell it for $27 and I go to sleep and I wake up to 100 sold. And I'm like, okay, what am I calling in this week or this <laughs> month? Do I want to sell an extra $1,000 or 1,000 mindset courses at $27 a piece? Sure. That's $27,000 that I am. I did the work a year ago. So that's your first touch point is your low-hanging fruit. Usually anything under $100. Um, I'm very much into numerology. So I everything ends with a seven because it's a very feel-good number for most people. And usually if you end it with a seven and keep it under 100, the psychology of paying for something virtually or online today now with, you know, a couple of years of practicing this with being locked in our homes, um, people are more apt to do it. But prior, you would have to earn that trust before people would pull their wallet out and get their credit card and pay you online without knowing you. So right. keeping that seven in there is instrumental. And you'll see as we build that omni-channel presence going all the way up the value ladder. If you look at myself or my clients who I build brands and businesses for, everything ends with a seven. And I just, I tell them, don't even ask. If it doesn't have a seven, I'm, I'm not touching it. <laughs> um, so we go from your tripwire and then we want to bring discovery. So discovery is something like a podcast or another, maybe an ebook or a manual or a video. Um, it's a freebie. But here is the thing on the back end of something like a podcast is you can monetize it if you have, you know, the, the right analytics. And you don't necessarily need to have a long standing podcast. You can do this a few months in. And I'll give you an example without naming names of someone that she monetized her podcast. She retired from Wall Street. Um, and this is like an amazing story. And again, I'm giving you like extreme stories, but to show you it's possible. Everything is possible when you're creating multiple revenue streams. Um, she went back to her former employer, which is a big Wall Street well-known bank. And she said, I launched a podcast on topic XYZ. Would you give me $1 per download? That's what they came to terms on. And they said, sure. And 
I'm sure they probably just laughed like, oh, who is this woman? She's, you know, she worked with them for her, her entire career. She left. We did some ad strategy behind it. We tracked those analytics. And in 10 months, she hit 1 million downloads. She went right back in and she said, here are my analytics. Here is proof. Where's my check for $1 million? They did it and they canceled the contract. (laughs) So, you know, that's a back end way of getting sponsors or endorsements for something that is quote unquote discovery to create that authority figure um, when you're building your brand and your reputation. Um, and then next up, the value ladder. I won't go through every single one, but it can be um, one-on-one coaching, whether it's business or life coaching or whatever it is. Everybody needs a coach. Um, I don't care what you do. It can be music lessons, it, it, cat training, dog walking, whatever it is. Um, Exercising. And you think about that, you either subscribe to a monthly subscription or you pay a flat rate for the year, but there's so many ways to package that. And you throw in a couple more bonuses, whatever that may be. And you upcharge for those that want to pay in full and get those added bonuses, or you give somebody a payment plan. And then that fee gets, you know, I add a straight 10% if they want a payment plan, it just, the rate goes up. But that touch point, that can monetize. I have a client right now that we're ready, getting ready to launch her brand. And that touch point alone, she has eight different packages to monetize. Somebody can come in and buy her lowest one, which is $1,497, all the way to her high ticket is $29,997. And it just really depends because you don't know. We're running, you know, you're running ads and analytics against so many different audiences that you don't know who you're going to hit. Is it going to be the $1,400 person or the $30,000 person? Um, But these touch points, when I finish building a brand, we have books, we have podcasts, we have online course. Um, and we, I, inside my company, we produce every single touch point, my team and I. And by the end of one year, when your full brand is packaged, then we do a massive PR publicity campaign. And you, at minimum, you have 11 revenue streams that you can generate. Now, in one year, not all of those revenue streams may be active, We launch them one at a time. We're slowly building that foundation, that brick wall. Um, And then when you get there, you know, you just scale it from there. And we're building this. I'm super passionate about building legacy brands. I want to see, and I only build for female entrepreneurs. I have nothing against men. I love them. But I feel women need to have their own money and need to create wealth. And especially in this environment that we're living in, we need to see more strong, integrity-based female entrepreneurs making money, doing good with their money, being able to hold down a household. And unfortunately, I feel growing up, I saw so many women struggle because they depended on the man in their life. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be creating our own wealth. So this is why I'm super passionate about about creating these omni-channel brands because the sky is the limit. You put a number out there and just, you keep anything is possible. So that's my, that is my, um, my short version of what (laughs) Omni channel is, however long that took. (laughs) No, it's incredible. And I, I think you're so right. I mean, growing up, I, I think we're about the same age, but growing up, I saw, um, in my own household and in the households around me, I grew up in New York and I, 
the women sort of stayed home, right? And um, didn't really have their own money a lot of times and weren't really able to create choices for themselves. And I think that um, creating sources of income for yourself, in addition to being a stay-at-home mom or in addition to being a lawyer and in addition to being an author or a nurse or whatever your, yes. your, uh, your business is, um, it creates freedom of choice. And I think that that's true freedom, right? Absolutely. It's, um, you know, same growing up, I grew up in a, I call it a tricultural household. And my mom was a sweet little spitfire Latina. She just stay home. You look good. You put your face on, you do your hair, you wear a dress, you go to the grocery store, you better be on your A game, put on your heels. You never know what good man you're going to attract. So I grew up with that. And then the flip side, my dad being multiple different cultures, but I feel like it was primarily his German side came out with just that work ethic and timeliness. And he instilled in me, get your education and you can do anything. And of course I merged the two and I did everything back asswards in my life. Um, you know, I had my son before I went to college and then I got married and divorced and I worked my way up the corporate ladder until I just realized this shit isn't for me. <laughs> like, I felt, I felt stifled. And that is when I always had the dream of wanting to own my own business. But back in those days, I mean, I'm 51, so it wasn't as prominent and as cool as it is today to be a female business owner. You weren't seeing us on the covers of magazines and write-ups in the Wall Street Journal, and it just wasn't happening. And I just, this, this culture of the women belong at home or raising children. And so I'm like at an interesting point because my son is fully raised off prospering, doing amazing, lives in Brooklyn. Um, I'm free. I'm free as a bird. That is like my, that's my personal tagline. I'm free as a bird. I can take off. I can go anywhere. I can live anywhere. I'm being a nomad since COVID. I'm just, wherever my soul feels called and feels good is what I'm doing. So, and I can do it with my business because I don't need to have, um, you know, a brick and mortar office I report to every day. I'm my own boss. I, I choose the 20 hours a day I work. <laughs> <laughs> you choose where you're going to spend those. Hey, you know what? If those are lounging in bed in pajamas, you're still getting the work done. I want to go back yep. to your work ethic. I want to touch on a couple things. You know, I, I really am developing this theory that um, strong women like you, um, like the doctors that I partnered with in uh, the direct selling business that I'm a consultant for, and myself, and other strong women that I um, won't name names. <laughs> but I think that we all um, learned our work ethic from our fathers. Yes. Which is not to say my mom didn't instill in me. <laughs> She's listening to the show. She'll come kick my ass. <laughs> She's also <laughs> born in Brooklyn. But um, oh. no, I definitely, I definitely got it from both of them. But I noticed that a lot of women that are like you... Um, they get their work ethic from their dad. What, what can you speak to about that? What was your experience? How did he instill a strong work ethic for you growing up? Oh, okay. You're going to make me emotional. Um, we've all heard <laughs> tears before. Yeah. You know, I lost my dad, um, in 2020, 
non-pandemic related. Um, and I've reflected so much since his passing of what he's really instilled in it's lit in a fucking fire. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I use that word? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Your podcast is Direct AF. As fuck. Yes, yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> since his passing, it's lit a fire under my ass as to what he did for me. And I always shared with him how thankful I was. But even more so now, and I know, I believe, I believe that he feels it and he knows it and he hears it. Um. There was never a moment where he wasn't out doing something to create safety for our family. He was always going the extra mile. And like I said earlier, is it getting another job? And he was very non-traditional. He always had um, a, a steady job, but he always had a lot of side hustles, if you will. And he was very much ahead of his time. The number one thing that he instilled in me from the moment I could speak and read was to read. He is the reason why I want to publish dozens of books. He's the reason why I have, (laughs) I just moved and most of the boxes right now in my new place are books. Um, Not just mine, but I took his library as well. And he just said, never stop being a student. Always learn, continue evolving. And his work ethic, no matter what it was, if it was fixing motorcycles on weekends or helping friends out with, you know, painting the house, he was always doing something and he was always giving back at the same time. Um, It may not have paid a lot, but he was doing things for the right reason. And he was very much a humanitarian. So I feel the combination of everything that he represented is what he's really instilled in me. And I feel it so deeply, especially, unfortunately, since his passing, I've like realized it more so. Um, whereas my mom just instilled that feminine softness, kindness in me. And when you merge that being a female leader, it's what you want. You need to be able to have softness and finesse. I don't want to be a tough ass corporate, you know, bitch, if you will. (laughs) Like I want to have the softness of being a woman. That's, that's our appeal. That's what attracts people. Um, but my dad, oh my gosh, I owe him so much. I'm like, I am forever like grateful for how he raised me and what he instilled, just the morals, the values, the work ethic, um, whatever it takes attitude is always the attitude that he had. Even if things didn't go the way you want them to go, it was get back up. If you get knocked down, get back up. Keep getting back up. Don't ever give up because it's possible. And those that stop and don't get back up, they're so close to tasting that success. And I remember that every single time I feel like I've fallen on my ass a million times since being a business owner. I'm like, nope, there is no quitting. I I put everything in myself to build this and I'm never going to quit. I'm just, there's no option, no other option. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm listening to you and it's, it's like we have the same, you know, we had a very similar upbringing. Um, and I find that fascinating, you know, to talk to other women who are super driven, um, and want to leave a legacy yeah, uh, for their families, um, for the people in their lives, you know? And I think that, um, one of the things that, 
that we need to do as moms, as wives, and as a community of women, we really need to instill that work ethic back into back into our kids. I think we're doing a massive disservice mm. for women, for young girls and young men. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this since you just moved back, but um, LA Unified, Sacramento Unified, and Santa Ana Unified school districts all just banned D's and F's as grades what? in elementary school, middle school, and high school as of a week ago. Oh my this, goodness. This conversation you and I are having, it's December 14th. So when this airs, it will not be December 14th. It might even be in January of 2022. But um, recently, yeah, so teachers can no longer give F's and D's. So we're literally, you and I both know that in LA Unified and Santa Ana Unified, it's predominantly black and brown children who cannot fail. Now, if you're not taught to fail and if you're not taught to learn what motivation is there? And None. even worse, what confidence is going to be instilled when you fall down and you fail and you get back up, you're stronger, you're more resilient, you have yeah. more grit, you have more determination, you have more confidence every single time you fail. And if you're failing your way through high school and you know that you don't know how to read, how the fuck are you going to go forward in life? I mean, is there anything more discriminatory against black and brown people than failing their children through school? It is. I don't know. It is. I I just said this like yesterday. I am so happy that today I don't have little ones. I wouldn't be able to be a full-time business owner because their asses would would be homeschooled right now. I mean, and (laughs) I'd I'd be hard on them because that is what we're raising our future And we don't want to raise them in an environment of entitlement. That entitlement is going to get them nowhere. And it is so, I mean, I was, I was a single mom. Um, My sons, I was married. My son's father decided we were too young. He wanted to check out of the responsibility of having a wife and a baby. And he just upped and moved out one day. We never had a conversation about this. And I came home and he was gone. He was moved out. Um, We stayed in touch for several years and he was doing his best to try to co-parent. He was very overwhelmed. And then until eventually he just literally moved away, started a new life. And I was a single parent. What I instilled in my son, I see it today. And just for reference, my son is 30. So I was a very young mom. I'm 51, but I see my son and I see his work ethic. My parents stepped in. My parents and myself raised my son. His work ethic is amazing. That kid, he's not a kid. He's a young man. He goes so hard. I have to tell him to slow down because he goes (laughs) so hard seven days a week. You know, he's in his heyday. He is, and that was the other thing was, I put him into everything. I opened his eyes. I exposed him. I, he's traveled. He's been to a lot of places that I didn't get to go to at his age, but I worked my fucking ass off to do that for him. I wanted to do that. And I'll never forget. We took a trip to Paris and he was, I think he was 15 and he just fell in love with the art and the culture. And I said, it is my duty as his parent 
to open his eyes to pursue whatever lights his soul on fire. And, right. and he's, he's now a very successful artist. And I pulled him out of sports. I'm like, we're wasting money there. Let's put it towards your talent. <laughs> yeah. And right. I would always say, I'm going to invest in you, but you need to make a commitment that you're not going to quit. If this is your path, you need to make that commitment. I don't care if you come home with all D's. Are you pursuing your passion? I need you to graduate. I need you to go to school, but I need you to follow what that is because not enough parents or role models or mentors are encouraging our youth to pursue that passion. And like you just said, like where, where's, where are the lessons at? Where are they going to learn? They need to grow some fucking balls. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I have a potty mouth. Um, no, no, it's, it's good. I'm good. It's totally good. Listen, this is, you know, these are, these are tough conversations. And if you can't handle an F-bomb or, a, I mean, come on, let's just yeah. get real for a second. Yeah. You know, come on. True. So, you know, and that's what I see. Like I, I see a lot of people who are hesitant to become entrepreneurs who, um, or even in the direct selling business that I'm in are hesitant to reach out about, you know, offering information about a product because they're not confident. True. They're afraid of rejection. Yes. They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of hearing no. And I think that lack of confidence comes from, I don't know. It's, what do you think it comes from? Well, going back to the conversation or the, the touch point about our fathers, um, psychology says, and there's, I've read a million psychology books in my lifetime, um, a female specifically her confidence and her self-esteem comes from the way her father treated her as a child. And if and you really stop and look at the science behind that and the studies that have been done. And I, I have a prime example and I won't share it. It's very personal, but oh, fuck it. I'm just going to share it. Um, <laughs> and good. I, I love her with all my heart, but I love her from a distance and she is my half sister. Um, she wasn't raised with my dad and unfortunately my dad's first wife, her mom passed away when she was a teenager and she had to grow up very fast. And I have done, I've done my best to envelop her in what it's like to have parental love, but we just go head to head. We battle, we argue, we don't see eye to eye. And I just had to step away. And I really go back to the root of, sure, we share the same bloodline. We have the same last name, but we were raised a complete dichotomy, night and day. Her upbringing was extremely different from my upbringing. I grew up with my parents. You know, both of my parents have passed and they were married for 50 something years. I never knew anything other than a family unit where she didn't have that. So I see that and I embrace how she grew up. But for some reason, we don't see eye to eye. You would think we would. Maybe in time we will. But there's a huge difference in our confidence, in our self esteem, in a lot of things. And she is, she's very confident in certain areas, but I see a different side of her where she's not willing to be open and vulnerable. And if I even tried to bring this conversation up, forget it. We'd be screaming in each other's faces, trying to kill each other. Like it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't laugh at that. I, I love her. I love her so much, but I just have to love her from a distance. 
Yeah, there are those people that you do love, but you have to love them from a distance. And I think as we get older, we're able to set those boundaries, you know, for ourselves and for other people. One hundred percent. Yeah, but I also think that people can develop confidence later in life. They can absolutely. I feel the limiting beliefs that we impose on ourselves, and it comes down to mindset. Speaking of, I have a mindset. I have a mindset teaser, if you will. And then I have a full mindset course and I'm actually writing my second book right now, which is all about mindset. And it comes from daily habits. What are you telling yourself? What are you feeding your brain? And I reference, I always use the analogy of brushing your teeth. I brush my teeth often, two, three, four times a day, depending on how much things I ate or how it tasted. But what are you doing for your mindset? Are you focused on your mindset daily, like when you wake up and you brush your teeth? You have to be so cognizant of what you're feeding your brain, and that builds confidence. When you do that every single day, it builds just like working out, anything that you do repetitively. And I have been practicing mindset habits, rituals, since I was, I would say I first started when I was about 20 years old. So I'm going on three decades of this stuff <laughs> and it works. And I will tell you, I had a season in my life. It was my second husband. He wasn't the nicest person and he really broke me in every which way possible. I mean, emotionally, physically, financially, he did a number on me and it took it, it took my, all my positivity, my daily habits that I did to be confident, everything in my life. He literally like slowly stripped it away from me. My life went to fucking wow. shit really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I got it back and then I started to bounce back and it's just, it's like, getting on the bicycle. It's like, okay, we can do this. And you know, it, 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 that momentum, once you get that momentum of your mindset, your confidence starts slowly come back. It's not an overnight fix. It takes time, but that's been several years now. So I'm back to a very good place. Um, but it's, um, that's where I think a lot of people suffer is their mindset. They're not doing the proper mindset work. They're not. And, and here's, here's what I want. Uh, here's a takeaway that I just got from what you, you shared with us. And that is, you know, you can be doing your daily mindset work. You can be in a good place. Then something happens in your mm-hmm. life, whether it's, you know, a, over a long period of time, like your second husband, or whether it's, you know, COVID or whether it's something smaller than, than those two things <laughs> could be anything, yeah. right? it could be anything. You could break a leg or something. I don't know, whatever. But, um, you don't get to, you don't do the work and then you're good to go. It's mm-hmm. a constant fucking uphill battle Every day. to keep and maintain a positive, healthy mindset. Yeah, it is. Okay. Cause the human brain isn't, you know, isn't designed to stay there. It's just not right. You're going to focus on what is danger around you. What do I need to stay safe? Correct. Right. And sometimes those are negative. Okay. Yeah. So, so I want everybody to understand that, you know, you don't just like diet and exercise yourself to the size that you want and the number on the scale that you want. And then it just stays there. You have to continue to exercise and you have to continue to diet if you want to stay at a particular 
clothing size or number on the scale. And if you want to maintain a healthy mindset and a happy, joyful spirit, it's fucking hard work. (laughs) It is. It doesn't stay. (laughs) It is commitment, dedication, resilience, and belief in yourself. Like that's it. Belief. You have to have that belief in yourself. If you don't, especially, I mean, in life in general, but especially if you're going to venture into being a business owner, my goodness, you, you need to learn how to handle that stress. And in order to do that, you need all of these different outlets, mindset, fitness, mentorship, coaching, masterminds. I mean, you name it, you need it. You so need it. Yeah, those communities and those masterminds help you surround yourself with people that you want to emulate, people that you look up to, people, um, you know, if you surround yourself in a community where you want to strive to be like the the people that you're with, then you're going to, um, you're going to be able to level up that much faster. So Monica, the first book that you wrote, um, tell us about that and where people can get it. So then the book continues to the early days of building my business. And I share every, you know, I don't have a secret. Everybody has access to build a business. Everybody has access to build an omni-channel with multiple revenue streams. So I go into deep detail of how to do that and what to look for in hiring the right people. Because in my early days, I had shiny object syndrome and I ran to the flashiest, prettiest, most expensive um, vendors, quote unquote, thought leaders, gurus to hire to build what I needed, whether it be a sales funnel or whatever it was. And lo and behold, they did not know what to do. They were not experts. And I got taken on a wild, expensive ride. Now, today, I'm happy it happened because it made me stronger. It made me get better protocols in place. Um, And I'm able to do it at very small fraction now because I learned how to do it. So that's when I invested in myself and my education and went back to school and said, you know what? I am going to learn every single touch point I deliver, whether it's I'm not a graphic artist, but you know, I can get around a logo creation, but I have a team that does all of that for me, but they can't pull anything over on me because I know I've invested to educate myself. So I share everything in this book, what solutions work if you are just starting out. But I also have a lot of inspiration and mindset work in there because that's at the core. That's our foundation. Um, And then, you know, that road continues to COVID when COVID hit and I'm living in New York City, I lived um, at 56 and 5th Avenue. If you're familiar, you're a New Yorker and it was, it's a hub. It was, um, you know, I'm a block from Central Park and when it shut it's down, it, yes, very, very expensive location, <laughs> <laughs> but um, everything shut down and I sat and I said, what am I going to do? I was already transitioning to be a fully digital business and I fast-tracked it. I started to develop courses and record, um, write curriculums, not just for myself, for my clients. I told everybody, you need to have a digital blueprint now because when we come out of this pandemic, which you know we thought was 14 days later, um, people are going to be more prone and more comfortable going directly online. I mean, Zoom 
you know, most people weren't even using Zoom back when we were using Zoom. <laughs> right. Um, so I really streamlined everybody to have a digital portion of their business, no matter what they did. If they were a brick and mortar, um, I, I have cosmetic doctors as clients. So, you know, there are people coming in. I'm like, what are you doing? Let's sell your products. Let's create online services. And so we pivoted and I don't like that word, but we did pivot very quickly. And during the pandemic in about 14 months, my business grew 600%. Wow. Congrats. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I'm very tired and you, I look <laughs> like it. I look haggard because I'm like, I have not slept. Um, and then that's, you know, I share, I share that when you go all in on yourself, like you pick those 20 hours a day, seven days a week. I was literally working 20 hours a day, seven days a week during the pandemic. I was not watching TV. I was not watching Netflix. I was cooking and working, cooking and working. And, um, after my mom passed, my dad was just lost without her. So as New York started to open, I made the decision to move back to California to enjoy my time with him and teach him how to cook and do laundry. <laughs> and so I packed up and I came um, back to my roots with the goal of staying here as long as it took me to convince him to come back to New York with me. And I was here for five days and he passed away. Oh my gosh. So it was, um, it's been, it's been a journey and I share, I paused on my book because it got really emotional for me reflecting on everything that went that happened with my dad and he was healthy he was good we were talking about so many things we we spoke five six seven times a day um i taught him how to facetime he and i were recording a course together it's called senior secrets and i'm actually handing the baton on off to a, a wonderful client of mine and she has this amazing relationship with her father. So they're going to finish this course for me. That's going to be added to both of our brands. Oh, that's um, going to be great. I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah. Trying, trying to get him to learn how to FaceTime or, you know, just get on a telehealth appointment took me about a painful week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so the book shares all of it. It's on my website. It's called Behind the Grit. Um, the subtitle is Rising from the Ashes because I so always see that phoenix in my mind's eye and I'm like oh, that's what my life has felt like but it does have a happy ending you know business is extremely well I've I've um I'm continuing to grow I have a lot of solutions and I want to get them into the hands of the people that want to build a brand in a business and if people want to find you what is the website that they can find you at identity brand by monica klein it's k-l-i-n-e it's the german spelling um dot com and monica i know that we may have talked uh, briefly about you coming on to the direct af builders community to do some training some guest appearances um if you want to see more of Monica there in 2022, I know that she's going to yes. come on to our community. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to network and meet some dynamic women. Yep. Um, and it's going to be... Now, the Direct AF Builders community is different than the um, direct selling company I'm with. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got yeah. it. This is, yes. more, this, is, this is for people in any social selling, any oh, MLM. Is, yeah. This is your monthly membership. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's yes. another touch point. What are, what are you charging? 27 a month? Yeah. 27 yep. a month. You cancel That's, anytime. 
That's I mean, the magic number. Yeah. So go to directafbuilderscommunity.com. I think. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yes. I, I was, I was checking you out. I, it is. That's your right domain. <laughs> <laughs> There's just too much going on, but thank you so much, Monica, for coming on the show. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code DIRECTAF20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.